Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com. The home of home search. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center where the Warriors lost for the 13th time in the last 14 games. The Pacers beat the Dubs tonight 129-118. to It was a game where the three-point shot returned for the Warriors. 19 three-pointers made. I would not have bet that the Warriors would have outshot the Pacers from three-point range uh, in this game, but uh, the Pacers still wound up 17 for 28 overall, and it was a night that left you kind of wondering, Whitey, uh, where has the Warriors' defense gone? I know it's been hit or miss uh, at different junctures of this season. Uh, The Warriors have at times played very, very good defense, but uh, the last couple of games now the defense has uh, completely left them once again, and they give up 129 to Indiana, and it uh, sends them to 10 and 37. With the Super Bowl coming up, we're hearing again that old cliche, defense wins championships, right? If that's true, then neither one of these teams was in championship form this evening. Uh, That said, it was a very entertaining game. Uh, And I'll tell you who the most entertaining player for the Warriors was tonight without question. He had a 16-point third quarter. D'Angelo Russell finished with 37, hit 9 of 13 threes. And when he's on, he's able to hit shots on one leg, falling back. I thought it was interesting that after the 16-point third quarter, D'Angelo Russell, by my count, he only attempted two field goals in the fourth quarter. And he had a chance at 40 uh, with, let's see, late, late in the game, 123 to go. D'Angelo Russell sitting there on 37, right? And he goes up for three, and he gets fouled. It's no good, but he's going to the line for three free throws. But the Pacers challenge win the challenge and D'Angelo Russell does not gonna get his three free throws and he ends up with still a very impressive 37 point game all in all uh 10 13 of 21 9 for 13 from three the 37 points you mentioned it was a, a good night for D'Angelo Russell uh but all in all on a night where the Warriors are dealing with another adjustment to their rotation with the pending trade of Willie Cauley-Stein to the Dallas Mavericks for a 2022nd round draft pick. Now, that's Utah's pick. We should clarify that as part of the deal, Whitey. So that's a pick that's going to be anywhere, let's say, between 50 and 60, maybe 53 and 60 or so, given where Utah is currently uh, in the standings. But Willie Cauley-Stein gone. That opened up time for Marquise Chris to step in as the starting center. Marquise Chris, I thought, had uh, had a decent night. Five for five, knocked down a three, 13 points, uh, and it's basically him and Amari Spellman for the time being. 
playing the entire uh, bulk of the center minutes. Yeah, and Spellman had nine points, hit two of three three-pointers. Willie Cauley-Stein, I think you could argue, and of course this is a trade that they wanted to make and that they should have made, I think you could argue that maybe they missed him a little bit defensively tonight. He has played pretty good defense at times. I don't think it would have made much of a difference. To your point about what the Warriors got back for Willie Cauley-Stein, I was hoping that they were going to end up with their own pick back. Dallas has a a couple or had a couple of second-round picks, including what had been the Warriors, because that obviously would be a very good pick. The Warriors' second-round pick this year, which Dallas now owns, is 31, 32 But uh, that was probably uh, too much uh, to expect to get back uh, for Willie Cauley-Stein. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Tonight, uh, Marquise Chris had had a very, very good game. And as far as the Warriors' issues tonight, for what that's worth in this this season, this this gap year, uh, they shot very well. So how do you shoot the ball as well as they did and still come up short? Well, we mentioned that they didn't defend well, but also they turned the ball over yeah. 20 times tonight. 20 times, and it led to 33 points for the Pacers. So the Pacers knocked down 17 threes that we mentioned, but 33 points off the 20 turnovers. Uh, and that winds up being a, a big difference in this one as Indiana wins it, 129 to 118. 888-957-9570, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here. It is Warriors Wrap-Up. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Warriors now 10 and 37. And uh, the Warriors, for a good portion of the season, Whitey, had played many more road games than home games. Tonight, the first time, I believe, uh, since opening night that the Warriors have played more home games than road games. Oh, really? For their total uh, on the season, the Warriors fall to 7-17 and uh, here at Chase Center. So they haven't really established a home court advantage in the new building yet. Is that fair to say? They have not, but uh, now they're going on the road again also is what I'm trying to say. 7-17 Seven and 17 here, 3-20 and 20 on the road, and they are going to take on uh, a couple of the top teams in the Eastern Conference here. Uh, and then some teams near the bottom of the Eastern Conference as well. Uh, on the back end of that five-game trip. But uh, the next two, it's not going to get any easier for the Dubs, who have already lost 13 of 14. Yeah, we were sitting behind an advanced scout for the Celtics tonight. Got the Celtics, got the Sixers coming up, and the Warriors are not back here till February 8th when LeBron invades LeBron on an ABC Saturday night showcase game, uh, one of a couple. I know the Warriors do have a couple of uh, the Saturday night showcase games between now and the end of the season, and you can't flex out of those. So those are sticking around. Uh, the one on February the 8th, as I look, uh, they, they do have uh, one on March the 7th in this building against the Philadelphia 76ers. They also go to Milwaukee the following week uh, on March the 14th, uh, and then the Warriors have the Thunder here as well uh, on March the 28th. Uh, so a couple of... Uh, Big games that are going to be ABC Showcase games for the Warriors between now and the end of the year. Uh, so maybe Stephen Curry at some point is yeah. back for a couple of those once you start to get into March. Well, I want to give you credit, not that you need me to give you credit, but uh, when Dwight Powell got injured this week for the Mavs, you texted me right away and said, hey, Dallas, maybe now they're going to be interested in Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, and we know the trade is agreed upon. It hasn't actually happened yet right? no it it's, hasn't, and, it hasn't uh, but it's but it's agreed upon so i was just going to ask you and i know you talked with uh, jim about it 
what did you think of what the uh, Warriors got back here and, and, and the other added benefits as far as an open roster spot? Yeah, I, I, I think it, it benefits a couple of different ways. I think mostly it's getting out from under the possibility that Willie Cauley-Stein could opt in for next season. Now, it does free up a roster spot to where if the Warriors wanted to, they could have Kai Bowman and Marquise Chris both be signed for the remainder of the year to NBA contracts, both now on two-way deals, and Kai Bowman is at his limit. So if the Warriors are going to have him come back before the G League season is over, he's going to have to be signed to a contract for the remainder of the season. The Warriors now could add both. It also gives him uh, some days under the uh, hard cap as well, more days under the hard cap, which helps him financially. Uh, it helps them get closer under the, the tax. Yeah, they uh, sink below the, the yeah sink below the hard cap by two point five seven million. And it also creates. Uh, I was reading, I believe, Bobby Marks of, of ESPN, the former general manager of the Nets. It also this trade will create another trade exception because the Warriors are sending money out and not taking any money back. So the Warriors, it will be a, about a $2.2 million trade exception. So not a large one, uh, but that is somebody Useful that piece. in so the future some, the yeah. Warriors could take on uh, a another minimum-level contract player for nothing, essentially. How do you think Willie Cauley-Stein's going to help Dallas? I can see how he's going to help in the pick-and-roll. We talked about this already this week. He's not as physical as Dwight Powell, but I think uh, there's a chance that he's going to be able to do some nice things with uh, Luka, especially in the pick-and-roll. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and you know, I, I could see Dallas. I, I think the reason I, I, I thought that immediately, and, and look, I, I think earlier in the week, maybe on Monday, you know, I, I kind of said at, at the end of the show against Portland, it's like, boy, I don't know who's really going to be interested in Willie Cauley-Stein. But with the injury to, to Powell, I thought, you know what? The Mavs are the kind of a team that I think they would look at, at Cauley-Stein's talent and, and what he can do. And I would think that they would believe that they're an organization, and, and in particular coaching staff with Rick Carlisle, that, that would look at him and think, plug and play, we can – make him better. We can help him improve. Maybe in ways that you know the, the Warriors couldn't based on the fact that they are in the position that they're in. I mean, I think we talked about this a lot. Willie Cauley-Stein came to the Warriors believing that he was going to play with some higher level talent, I think, and that that was going to enhance his game. And because of the circumstances, that hasn't worked out. I think Dallas looks at Cauley-Stein as, you know what, you know, we can fix that guy. We can make that guy work for us. Or maybe he's finally going to be in a team that accepts him for what he is and isn't thinking, hey, we can make him this or that. Maybe Dallas is going to be in a situation here where they realize he's coming off the bench. As long as he's the Willie Colley Stein that you see most nights, we're going to be okay with that. I think the Warriors ultimately were a little underwhelmed by Willie Colley yeah. Stein. They hoped he'd improve at least a little bit. He actually performed... I think under what he had in Sacramento a little bit, Agreed. he had some good nights. But overall, the Willie Cauley-Stein experiment um, was not a happy one here yeah. for either Willie Cauley-Stein or the Warriors. And, and it was, you know, it was worth a look, and it didn't work out, and you could move on from it. And and I think that's the nature of, you know, it, it, it wound up being relatively easy to move on from it. Nothing that was going to cripple the Warriors. Well, maybe now he's going, well, almost certainly now he's headed to the playoffs. Yeah, good for him. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's go ahead and hear from, the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he met with the media downstairs here at the uh, Chase Center in the Bill King interview room. And uh, Steve Kerr was asked uh, initially uh, about uh, Eric Paschal and Draymond Green. 
You played uh, Eric and Draymond together probably the most that you have. And I assume some of that's because Willie's not here. But um, do you want to see that more? You know? Yeah. 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 I think we'll. It's something we'll look at a little bit more um, as we uh, go down the second part of the season. Um, you know, Eric is uh, strong enough to to handle a lot of uh, fours and fives. You know, bigger fours and fives in the league. Um, defensively, so uh, he needs to get some experience there, too. Um, you guys are um, outscoring the paint a lot tonight. How do you, you know, Willie out of the lineup now, or out of, off the team now, how do you combat against that with uh, your young your young front line? Well, uh, you know, the Marquise and Omari will um, get some experience there. And Draymond will play some center, and then it's a matter of helping, you know, help defense. We've got to have all five guys on a string, and, and um, we got to communicate. And um, Sabonis puts a lot of pressure on you. Um, he's a really good uh, dive man off the pick and roll. You know, he sets a, a good hard screen, and then he rolls, and he's got good hands in the paint. So he's a, he's a handful in there and um, did a good job tonight. Do you plan on bringing Smilage each up as an extra body uh, going forward? Or you uh, possibly. Um, I still think it's more valuable for him to play um, big minutes in Santa Cruz rather than uh, playing shorter minutes uh, here. But uh, uh, for sure he'll be up here um, for more games at some point during the uh, rest of the season. Hey, Steve, you were talking about uh, the other night uh, how it was discouraging to lose by such a, a huge margin. You guys were pretty much in this game throughout. Did that give you any feelings of encouragement that uh, you know, you're starting to make some strides forward here? Well, I liked the second half a lot more than I liked the first. I thought we, uh, we, we hung tough in the second half. And, uh, but, you know, you just look at um, that first half. I, I think we were outscored 18-4 to off of uh, turnovers. And for the game, it's 33 to 11. We turned it over 20 times to their 12. And uh, so our transition defense was bad, and our turnovers uh, got us in, into trouble. So um, tough to win a game um, against a good team when you're, when you're doing that. So that was most disappointing to me. Just, um, you know, to win a game in the league is, is difficult. And you got to be solid with all the fundamentals, and that's why we teach them every day. And um, we get you got to compete the whole way through. I thought the first half we got really, um, really loose, and uh, second half was much better. Steve, what did you make of D'Angelo's performance tonight? He tied his career high in three pointers made. Um, what does he bring to the squad when you know there's adversity and you're actually in a game, and he can actually bring you over the top? Yeah, I mean, he's an incredible shooter from long range and, and uh, lethal on that high screen and um, obviously got going there, especially in the uh, third quarter when we made that push. So uh, he's capable of that, uh, as he's shown many times this year, and uh, did a great job getting us, helping getting us back in the game. Uh, what did you make of Marquise Chris's start tonight, 5 or 5, 13 points? Uh, Marquise was good tonight. Um, you know, every night's a learning experience for him, and um, he's he's going to be a guy who's uh, who shoots a high percentage from the field because of his athleticism. He's got good hands. He finishes well around the basket, so uh, he's coming along well. It's uh, it's you know he's gonna he's gonna get more experience now too going forward. So he's, um, we're just we're just gonna keep working with him and. Um, 
and I know he's going to work hard. We we like his uh, his work ethic, his character. He's a he's a great young young guy and who wants to get better. And uh, so we're going to try to help him do that. All right. So Marquis Chris, one of the bright spots for the Warriors tonight, and you did see. Uh, a little bit of Pascal and Draymond Green at the four and the five, respectively, which I, I want to see more of. I, I don't like them at the three and the four together. I do like the idea, and I've said this, uh, of them maybe playing the four and the five more. And there may be opportunities to do it now with Chris and Spellman really being the, the only centers on the roster right now. And I think you could make a case that neither one of them are true centers uh, I also want to see more Smiley Geach. Get him back here. Yeah, well, we'll see him a little bit, right? Pascal was not doing much his first 17 minutes. He was 0 for 1, but he finished uh, tonight with a decent line. He had 9 points and 7 rebounds. So he got going a little bit, hit 3 of his 4 free throws. Thought it was also interesting. Uh, uh, Steve Kerr talked about Marquise Chris. Marquise Chris was involved in one of the odder plays you will see in an NBA game where it appeared that he, on a putback, it looked like he scored most fans thought he scored. It looked like the opposition thought he scored, but the ball didn't go in. Yeah, he which knew the ball didn't go yeah. in, so he grabbed it, and yeah. then he heard the announcement and everybody reacting like the ball went in, so he just handed the ball to the to the Pacers. <laughs> You're going to give it to me? Yeah, very, very odd play tonight. Yeah, it really, really was. Uh, Warriors wind up losing 129 to 118 as they have dropped to 13 of 14, 8 at 8, 9, 5, 7, 9, 5, 7, 0, triple eight. Nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors wrap up. Brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Will continue here from Chase Center on ninety five seven. The game. Now back to Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason back here inside Chase Center, 888-957-9570, Warriors now 10-37 and 37 as the Pacers beat the Dubs, 129-118. to 118. Warriors on the road now for the next five with stops in Philadelphia and Boston and Cleveland and Washington and Brooklyn before the next uh, Warriors home game, which is going to be two weeks from tomorrow uh, on Saturday February the 8th, uh, so the Warriors uh, struggling throughout the course of uh, January, to say the least. Yeah, speaking of LeBron and primetime Saturday games, tomorrow he's playing in Philly, right, in a primetime Saturday game, and he has a chance to surpass Kobe Bryant on the all-time scoring list. Yeah, good stuff. I think uh, In Kobe's hometown. Right, and I think, you know, the NBA, for all the issues with the ratings, and I know we've talked a lot about it, uh, and, you know, Zion playing again tonight, and yeah, um, and it's restriction, and the Pelicans losing again. But uh, I, I think you know any night you can get everything aligned like that is probably a good one. And a couple of teams that could meet later on down the line. Although I think Philly is relatively flawed compared to maybe a couple of the other teams they may face uh, in a playoff series. Yeah, the NBA player that I saw the most on ESPN today though was Andre Iguodala. He was everywhere. Yeah, he was uh, on first take. He was morning. on the jump as on well, I believe. Yeah, as well. Uh, a little uh, in season. It's such a remarkable year. I mean, I, I can't remember a player that in season, under contract, not playing for the team. No, everybody's cool with it, and he's just doing his own media tour <laughs> during mm-hmm. the season. Uh, and I, you know, I the one thing that I had thought was 
well, hey, you know, it's getting to be that time. And we talked about this earlier with, with Jim on Warriors Live. It's getting to be that time where, you know, he almost for him to reemerge a little bit and let everybody know, hey, I'm still around. Come trade for me. Right. I heard him today on the jump saying that he's been working out and he's getting ready. It's been great to have this year off. But uh, I don't know if he was suggesting that he'll be ready to go next year or if he was hinting that he'll be ready to go for the playoffs. Well, let, let's go ahead and actually hear that cut that yes. you're talking about uh, Iguodala on what the heck he's been up to and how he's feeling. It's been a blessing in disguise in terms of having his time off mm-hmm. and I think it's added some years to my career hey. just just waking up in the morning and you don't have that normal pain when you wake up in the morning in January the last 16 years and you're looking for the pain like oh there it is and then you don't have that so it's kind of been good um, so I've been on the court I'm in shape uh, I'm kind of slim so I can use like three and a half pounds of muscle Okay. Take me a couple days to put that on, but I'm ready to get back on the court. So uh, it was good to um, get that little break. That little break. Like, you told them you didn't want to right. show up. Blessing in disguise. I mean, someone gets hurt like Steph. Oh, it's a blessing in disguise. It looks bad, but you can recover. But he he doesn't want to play. He's uh, deciding not to but play. But now he wants to play. Yeah, so and I don't know if blessing in disguise is the is the most appropriate phrase I, here. I'm, I'm going to be honest here, Whitey, is I typically like to be. I, that rubs me the wrong way. The, the whole Iguodala thing this year. And, look, the Warriors don't have anything to do with it. They traded him to Minnesota. And, you know, Bob Myers and the Warriors, they ended up – he got the third year, $16 million, you know, that $16.5 million. And I just don't – I don't like the way that any of that has played out, where he he said, yeah, I'm not really feeling being there. Initially they were going to make him report, and then they worked something out to where he didn't have to report, and that's fine. I guess the Grizzlies – everybody's on board with it. Uh, but I just – to me, you go, you show up, you put the uniform on because the Grizzlies did want him initially yeah. to help mentor their young players, and he just said, "Uh-uh." It sets a, a dangerous precedent for the league, and he's obviously he has a right to do what he's doing. But it also you have to wonder how Memphis went ahead with that without getting any assurances that he would show up and play for them. It's not their fault, but on the other hand. Uh, Perhaps they should have made sure before they made that deal that he actually was going to make himself available to them. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I, I mean, to me, it's implied that it, it, you know, you're going to show up and you're going to play. Now, maybe you're going to get bought out at some point or traded at some point. But to me, like when when that move was made and that that trade was consummated, I I thought, okay, well, he's going to have to show up and play in that. Maybe he's not going to play a lot of minutes, but he's going to have to be around the team and in uniform and and on the trips. Well, Uh, I I mean, he's fortunate that it's worked out. And, you know, he's fortunate that he didn't go to a team that said, you know what, show up or we're going to start finding you. You know, show up or this is going to be an issue because uh, I I think there are teams out there that would have done that. And I know you heard whispers that, you know, Iguodala is so highly thought of in the players' union that, you know, in essence, the Grizzlies didn't want to mess with him on this because it's something that they feared ramifications. Sure seems from, that there's more to other, the story. Other players that that he, in essence, would, would say, yeah, the Grizzlies don't do it right. Don't go there. Well, in October... Mark Stein had reported in the New York Times, consider him, Iguodala, quote, consider him a virtual lock to return to the Warriors to finish his career. That seems like his end game, right? He's at the 49er games. He's hanging out with Clay. So I'd be at least a little bit surprised if he's not back with the Warriors next year. I think he's going to wind up back. Here. I do too. And everybody's, and we're all just going to yuck it up and laugh about his, his year that he, you know, 
got paid sixteen million and and didn't have to do much. <laughs> just just was out playing golf and at the Niner game and doing a media tour in the middle of January. But hey, if anybody could get away with it, it's Andre Iguodala. So I guess you tip your cap to him in in, in some sense. But it also is this league in 2020, and, you know, I, I had my little this league rant uh, the other night about Zion <laughs> Williamson, and, you know, he's electrifying restriction. electrifying the, the country on national television, and because he can't play more than 18 minutes, he's subbed out, his team loses, and everybody, the, the consumer in a lot of ways loses. So, I, you know, I... Th- Okay, so a if couple you're of those things rub me the wrong way there. I if know Iguodala's a good guy, and everybody yeah. loves him here, and he's a great teammate, and the Warriors would certainly want to have him back. But so, what do you do if you're Memphis? Now we understand the situation. I'm not going to say it is what it is because that's the dumbest phrase in the history of the English language. Every single thing is what it is. There's nothing that is what it isn't. But anyway, we know the situation. So I would have fined him. I would have made him show up. And if but how about now? Do you up. do you uh, release him? Do you you're going to threaten him with fines? I mean, are you still trying to get something for him well, at this so he point, can help somebody during the stretch run, and you can get something back for at him? At this point, I mean, they've already agreed that they're cool with him not being there, so you can't go. I wouldn't. You can't go back. But the deadline's still approaching. But the deadline is still approaching. Well, what, it's going to have to be a buyout. It, it's going to be a buyout, or he doesn't go anywhere. I, I actually think that Iguodala is perfectly comfortable not playing this year. I you know I. I and it also sounds as if maybe he's trying to steer his way to L.A., uh, you know, if he's going to go anywhere uh, to finish up the season to maybe make a playoff run. But it, it, it sure seems like, and I do think he was angling to want to play in the cut that we played from the jump uh, there. But I also think it's it's a scenario where he's, hey, $16.5 million to take a year off? Yeah. Now, I know that. And get re- and and he was talking about adding, that adding years to his career. Right. So I, he's, it, it, you know, it, like. We're talking about this gap year with the Warriors and sabbatical year and all that. Well, he he got a sixteen and a half million dollar paid sabbatical year. CC sabbatical, sure. I know that uh, Iguodala and Burks are not the same player, but I think when you look to Burks in a potential role next year, I think that's one of the considerations the Warriors have to make. Is well, wait a minute, we'd have to pay him. We may we may want to bring back Iguodala. So I actually think Iguodala's um, situation complicates things for the Warriors on a couple of fronts. Another aspect of this is, as as uh, Gary St. Jean told us, if you're a contender and you might want to be interested in trading for Alec Burks, you're also interested in, well, hold on, Warriors, before we decide to do something with you, we want to make sure that we can't get Iguodala. Yeah, I, I think he would be a domino that would that would need to yeah. fall ahead of other dominoes that eventually will I think fall. he'll be back with Golden State next year. I think he will. I think, I mean, look. Getting I know the, the band back together. I know the Grizzlies are, are hoping somebody's going to trade a first-round pick for him. I mean, I knowing the situation there, I wouldn't think there would be a team unless I agree. there's some desperation. You know, unless you have a team that maybe loses a wing player in a similar fashion to, say, the way Dallas lost Dwight Powell where it's like, hey, you need a guy, you need a guy, uh, and, and you think you could actually really contend to get to a conference final or something like that. I mean, then I was, maybe you do it, where and, and where your team is good enough to where you can think, okay, for one year you can maybe not have a first-round pick. But I, I just don't think anybody would, would be willing to part m- with that. Maybe it's just me, or perhaps I missed it. I don't think I did, but I'm a little disappointed that nobody on any of the shows that he was on today, uh, nobody pinned him down and said, look, are you going to play? 
you're under contract. Don't you feel obligated to play? So are you going to play this year? Are you, what he, are you well, waiting he's, for? He's been on the court. He's feeling better. He's re- he's ready. Fine, it but are you like- going to play this year, Andre? That's I wish someone had pinned him down a little bit more. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. Believe it or not, that wasn't even the the hottest thing that Andre Iguodala had to say. What? Uh, he had more to say about Stephen Curry and uh. his situation. Uh, that was actually earlier in the day uh, on first take. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, we'll also have the call of the game as well as the Warriors lose tonight to. The Pacers, Pacers beat the Dubs 129-118. to You heard it right here on 95-7 The Game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95-7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, we're back here inside Chase Center. Warriors fall to 10-37. and It's still at that just... God, it doesn't look right on the on the paper when you look at the at the box score, and it's got the record ten and thirty seven. Strange year produces some very strange numbers, and that may be the strangest of them all. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Warriors lose one twenty nine to one eighteen to the next five on the road for the Dubs. We're talking about Andre Iguodala uh, and his uh, ESPN tour today, as he was on first take this morning. He was on the jump uh, in the afternoon, and uh, the morning portion of his little junket, uh, if you will. Uh, let's go ahead and hear from him as he had some thoughts on whether or not Stephen Curry should return this season. Selfish reasons? No. I think he should. Uh, he hurt the left hand. You can't golf with the left hand if it's hurting. <laughs> so I think he need to get a real break in terms of being able to relax. That long run is mental reasons. And, and Marshawn Lynch mentioned it you gotta get your mentals right, right and i think it's chicken yeah yeah well he's, he's got too much chicken it's, it's protecting itself <laughs> <He got magic>. <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's good for him mentally to be able to step away uh be able to get a nice breather and uh he's, he's going to come back you know on a wrath next year all right so a little golf joke left hand hurts your golf game if you're a right-handed golfer 70 percent of your grip is your left hand sure yeah exactly yeah. uh for mental reasons he's got to get his got to get his mentals, mentals right. right get a little break get a little break Count your chicken. Well, as we said uh, on the last Warriors wrap, that's that's the light at the end of the tunnel right now for this year, right, is when is Steph coming back? Yeah, it is, and, and I think even more so because you're, it's so unclear whether Clay is coming back or not. And, it, and it, I think at this point, at this point, I think if you took a poll of, hey, does Clay come back or not, I think most people would say, yeah, probably not. And he still could, but if he does, it's going to be for a very short uh, period of time with Steph, it's it's more no, he's coming back. It's just sure. a matter of when. And look, I think and, and Jim Barnett pointed this out on Warriors Live. You know, the the thing that fails to get taken you know into consideration here, I think by many is Stephen Curry wants to play. Like he wants to play. Like do you think Steph Curry wants to sit out healthy twenty five games? No, I don't. No, not at all. And I think you know the Warriors have to do what's best for the franchise, of course. But I also think, look, Stephen Curry is the reason that this that the Warriors are what they've become here these last five, six, seven years, right? He is the franchise. He is the system, as yeah. Kevin Durant once said. So you want the system to be happy and have some kind of a say in that. So if he says, guys, I want to play 20, 25 games and I'm healthy, 
I think you got to let him play. Yeah, and when I say he's the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm not suggesting he's going to turn the season around, of course, but that will bring a, a new level of enthusiasm back to this year and also make you know next year and the return to respectability seem more real. But as we examine the Warriors and the options, trade options, and whether or not they will bring in a, a superstar, I was thinking about that tonight watching Indiana and, you know, Indiana was one of those teams that was forced to trade their superstar, right, with Paul George telling them a couple of years ago, you might as well trade me because I'm not going to stay here and I'm going to go presumably to the Lakers at the time, although he didn't. So they traded him, and what a great trade they made getting Oladipo, who's hurt right now, and Sabonis. That's a great trade. They got a yeah. great return for Paul George. Yeah. Sabonis, as Steve Kerr talked about it, we heard that. Sabonis is amazing, and Oladipo is a two-time All-Star with him. He's not even playing right now. Indiana's really good, 31-16 uh, and 16 now. Yeah. What a great trade that they made. Well, they did a nice job, and, and if you look at what Oklahoma City did in yeah. trading Paul George, they did a nice job uh, in, in what they got for Paul George, and, and they're holding themselves up as a playoff team in the Western Conference. Yeah. So, uh, so maybe it's a somewhat of a cautionary tale. You can get superstars in your eyes, and they can blind you to um, you know some smarter moves you could make. I don't know. Small market teams tend to be the ones trading away the superstars, but Indiana did a great job when they were in that position. Well, and that's what you have to do if you are a small market team. You have to make sure that if you're going to, if you have a player like that that you've drafted, or or in the case of Indiana or Oklahoma City, traded for to to make a little bit of a short term run. Uh, you have to make sure that when you trade a player of that ilk, you get enough back to where you are going to be a good team in the aftermath of making that deal. I mean, it, it's the franchises that are in small markets that don't do that when yeah, they have I a star that, that yeah. you're just wrecked. Uh, and, you know, I think Sacramento's an example of that. I mean, they, they had DeMarcus Cousins, and not that they were winning with DeMarcus Cousins, but... They trade DeMarcus Cousins, and you look at what they have to show for that right now, and it's it's you know Buddy Heald and Buddy it's, Buckets. It's Buddy Heald and Harry Giles and 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 Harrison Barnes for ninety million dollars, uh, you know, and a and a team that's thirteenth, I think, out of fifteenth in the West. So it's you know they won tonight though. Your Kings won tonight though. So it's just a matter of if you're going to make that move, and, and look, maybe it was time to move on regardless, and that's a bad example, but if you're going to make that move, you need to make sure that the players you get are core pieces that you can build at least a, a 45-win team with. Well, with D'Angelo Russell, the Warriors have a guy who was an all-star last year who is a tradable asset, but he's also a very young player. He's both of those things, right? He's not a veteran superstar. He's a young player on the rise, and and I know that I've been critical of him, and I, I, I still don't see how he fits what the Warriors do necessarily, but he was phenomenal tonight shooting the basketball. He had some defensive breakdowns, but it, uh, he, he also had a, he made some really nice passes too. But when he's feeling it like he was tonight, shooting the ball, taking shots, that when he lets them go, when he lets them fly, it seems like there's no way that's going in. And he shot very well tonight, 9 of 13 on his threes, 13 of 21. He put on, put on pardon me, an absolute show tonight. Yeah, he, he definitely did, and uh, he was one of the, the positive uh, positives for the Warriors on this night. Let's get to the call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Russell off the screen. A 25-footer is good for D'Angelo Russell. Whew. When he gets it rolling, 
I it doesn't know. matter how far. I don't know what planet he's on, but it's hot. Perfectly timed call of the game right there. And if you know the call of the game uh, and you listen tomorrow morning to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game uh, with John Dickinson, yours truly, and uh, Jim Cozumore tomorrow ah. back. Uh, so we'll be missing you tomorrow. I'll be on, on after you guys tomorrow you, afternoon on 95.7 The Game. Be listening at 9.30 tomorrow, Warriors, this week. If you can correctly identify the call we just played, you'll win $50 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. The call of the game is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. That's uh, that's going to do it, Whitey. Yeah, that was a near logo shot that he uh, tossed in on that one. Yeah, and it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, doesn't sound like he's going to be going anywhere at the deadline. Doesn't, I'm but I'll be watching. Really interested to see how he finishes the year once Steph does come back. I, I'm intrigued by it, uh, although I've been of the opinion that it's probably going to wind up being the Warriors looking to trade him at some point in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. If uh, Steph comes back and it doesn't go well, uh, you can, uh, if you're another team, you can look at the Warriors and say, that doesn't work. So you actually could uh, lose a little leverage, but I still think that's the smartest move is to hang on through the rest of the season. All right, that's going to do it uh, for us. I want to thank uh, Tim Jordan for setting us up out here at Chase Center. Yeah. Uh, nice, nice job. <laughs> no, he did no. pretty nice. He did it not. Yeah. His plus minus you, was you, minus. Yeah, he was, was minus saying, four tonight. Out plus minus he was minus now? four tonight, and uh, you know he's certainly. But been that's worse. pretty good for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, depending. No, upon. we couldn't do this without Tim. Uh, thanks to Ryan Mouser and Alex Scott back in our San Francisco studio. Plus seven, plus nine. Yeah, really, really solid job uh, for Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. A uh, couple of off days for the Warriors. An entire weekend off. Saturday and Sunday. They travel to Philly uh, Monday uh, as well. They'll take on the Sixers on Tuesday, and uh, that'll do it. That'll be uh, the Warriors and the Sixers right here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, That's going to do it. Fox Sports Radio is coming your way next. Uh, I will talk to you tomorrow with Warriors this week coming up at 9 o'clock. Until then, keep it locked right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.